Yo, 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 welcome into the Just Joshin Podcast. I am so glad to see each and every one of your smiling faces. My name is Josh. I am your host. This is the podcast for the ISLA, the International League of Super Acquaintances. Man, oh man. Week one, crazy. Week two, just topping crazy. It's like the whipped cream of the crop. It's the absolute, it it was an amazing week. Absolutely awesome. Every single individual that wanted to win, that had the guts to win, the teams that wanted to stick their necks out and go after a championship to fight hard for not only themselves, but the soldiers, for the children, For those in need, those teams, they came out to play this Sunday. They decided to put it all on the line, to sacrifice themselves, their free time, their everything. And they won this week. Absolutely amazing week. And we get a chance to get into it. But before we do, uh, we need to hit up a few couple uh, uh, notes and news that are going going around the league because it was a wild one. And a lot of things happen uh, despite the fact that games play. We have a lot of things that happen behind the scenes, in the scenes, and everything in, in betweens. Uh, if you catch my drift. First up, let's go ahead and talk about a trade that happened this past week. Breaking news. Eno Benjamin was traded to Zeb Greenfield. And in return, Zeb Greenfield being House of Cards, and in return, Josh Long, a.k.a. Los Poyos Hermanos, got back uh, TDP, as I like to call him, or Tyron Davis-Price. In a third-round pick, a 2022 third-round pick. Now, let's be honest. Anyone named Eno, I mean, like, that's a fine name. Actually, it's kind of cool. Never mind. It's a cool name. And to have the nickname TDP, that's pretty cool, too. So never mind. Let's scratch the name thing. Let's just go back. Anyone with the last name of Benjamin, that's a weirdo. Right? Davis Price, that's a cool last name. But like this trade in general, I feel like if it's basically like having the last name Benjamin. Like it's really just kind of there. It exists. Now I'm expecting or suspecting that the uh, House of Cards traded for Eno Benjamin because they have James Conner and James Conner went down with injury this past week. The only thing that I am a little bit wary on is the fact that Eno Benjamin isn't the handcuff to James Conner. Oh, no, 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 he's not. You know who actually is? That's Daryl Williams. You know, Benjamin is probably going to get a little bit of the change of pace. He's going to get some of the uh, 
catching work, passing work, whatever. He's probably going to do a little bit of that, but he's not the focal point if he goes down. That is Daryl Williams, an acquisition that the Cardinals made this past year. To get TDP, to trade away TDP for him, right? TDP to me, uh, and I'm going to say that as many times as I can, TDP, TDP is a fine player. He was a, a, a drafted player by the 49ers, so that's always kind of interesting when they were able to Give you give away some draft stock. That's fine. Like you, that's cool. Uh, they did that for Trey Sermon. They ended up cutting Trey Sermon for whatever reason. They hate him. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I okay. I'm 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 beating around the bush right now. Okay. Here's how I feel. TDP fine player. Who cares? Eno Benjamin fine player. Who cares? Both of them are pretty much the same exact player. The fact that Josh Long was able to get a third round pick, which isn't high, it's not low though. I think AJ Brown, by and large in most leagues, was a third round pick when he came out. So you know you can find some gems. You got some good players in that round. To get him for a third, I would have to probably side a little bit more on the Los Pollos Hermanos side. Now, the fact that James Conner is the primary running back for the House of Cards, and he's now be able to, you know, if James Conner happens to go down, maybe Eno Benjamin does get a little bit more work. So there's a plus there. But the uh, Los Pollos Hermanos also has Eli Mitchell, right? So he now gets essentially what could be kind of a partial handcuff to Eli Mitchell. However, TDP did just go down with a high ankle sprain. Again, I don't think that this was a move for TDP. I think this was a move for that third round pick. I'm going to go ahead and side with Los Pollos Hermanos, give them a slight edge on this trade. We're going to see how it ends up working out. But by and large, this is kind of just in mid-trade, and I would like to see a little bit more spice, a little bit more of everything nice popping up in this league. Uh, and if we can get a little bit of a shakeup, that would be amazing. Let's go ahead and do that more often. Okay, I feel like I wasted way too much time on that. A few other notes that happened around the league. Trey Lance literally died. So uh, on the field, something happened. I don't remember. Um, he ran, and then he got hurt. He was air-casted and then uh, taken off the field in the ambulance. Really, really sad. Was a promising player. I don't want to look down upon the injury. Um, I think he, as a football player and as an individual, he just kind of was terrible um, and one of the absolute worst individuals ever. Um, and also a supreme bust, and it's absolutely hilarious that the 49ers were willing to give away so much draft capital for him, but then they end up not really liking him, and they consistently start Jimmy Garoppolo over and over and over again instead of Trey Lance. Then once Trey Lance finally gets the start, he doesn't really even look that good, and then he ends up getting hurt. Now they've given away all this draft capital only to have Jimmy Garoppolo come back, and all the 49ers players actually like Jimmy Garoppolo more than Trey Lance. But that's beside the point. You feel bad for the guy. You hope he gets healthy. You hope that he feels a little bit better. Also this past week, one really interesting thing, just as in general, the RBs are struggling in leagues. I don't know if you've noticed this, that despite a lot of redraft leagues going a little bit more RB heavy, we've had a lot of struggles. I mean, Austin Eckler hasn't been getting the backfield share that he normally gets. Derrick Henry doesn't um, has not really been doing super good. Um, Joe Mixon was kind of meh this past week. Dalvin Cook has been a poopy as of late. Alvin Kamara got hurt. It's really interesting to see how this is kind of all shaking out in the league. And 
I don't know. It, it's going to... It's going to be interesting to see draft strategies going forward and what happens in trade markets in our in our league, uh, you know, just as we live in life. Um, and then very, very lastly, and I um, take no pride in this uh, and absolutely am not happy at all, but um, there's a certain quarterback, I forget his name, but he's in Denver and he wears a number three. He looks horrible. He looks absolutely terrible. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and proclaim it now. Uh, this is the Russell Wilson is over party. He's over. Denver Broncos traded away multiple first-round picks. I'm sorry, Sofa89, if this makes you sad or upset. I love you as a person. But Russell Wilson is over. He is done. He is he is toast. He is not making great reads. The Denver fans were actually booing him. Look it up. Look it up. You don't believe me? Look it up. Just type it in on Google or Twitter. Broncos fans booing Russell Wilson. Right after they were you know, talking smack to the Seahawks fans for booing him. For just being an opposing player. Oh, wow. How the turntables. Russell Wilson looks bad. He looks immobile. He looks He's missing his reads. He looks like he has no chemistry. Nathaniel Hackett looks horrible. Looks like he has no trust in him. They barely beat the Texans. And I don't know. I think it's over. I think it's done. Sorry. Sorry. Bye-bye. Go get your MVP award somewhere else. See you later, alligator. Or see you never. Because I don't care about you anymore. All right. Um, well, let's go ahead before we jump into the weekly uh, report. Uh, let's go ahead and thank our first sponsor. This is uh, Quartet. I love this one because I love whiteboards. The Quartet whiteboard markers. They provide always bold color. Um, I have their Aduraglide uh, dry erase pen, and it is absolutely amazing. I have their fine point. You can get it in a pack from Amazon. They'll send you a bunch of different colors. I have red, I have black, I have blue, I have green, I have light green, I have light purple, I have purple, I have pink, I have dark pink. I didn't even know dark pink existed. I have orange. You name it, you got it. They're going to give you the best that you can get. Uh, Quartet is going to end up showing you not only uh, a great color, but they're also on the pen going to show you the ink level so you never have to guess. You never have to have that embarrassing moment where you stand up in front of everybody, you begin to write on the whiteboard, and you realize it's gone out. And there's nothing left in the marker. You can just throw it away right away. Go ahead and pick yourself up some quartet pens. Thank me la later as you whiteboard your way to success. Quartet. Whiteboard your way to success. Okay. Let's go ahead and jump into the weekly report. Um, again, I, I feel like I have to caveat it all the time. The weekly report is created by the media. This is something that I don't create. This is something the media creates every single week, and they send it out for my eyes, for your eyes to be able to see, and they don't ask any of us if we want to see it or not, and they give their stupid opinions that aren't right, and I have to read it off. So I feel like you and I need to hear this right now. All right, so the voted best team of the week, no surprise, was Dr. Cornwallis. Dr. Cornwallis was absolutely amazing last week. If you followed his game, his team stepped up and did great, and you're going to see it reflected in the weekly rankings. But he ended up scoring 160 points, just ended up blowing House of Cards out of the water. He does have Justin Herbert, who just got hurt, and that's super uh, a big bummer. 
But his running back core is stacked. He has Javante Williams, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, uh, Cortland Sutton, and the biggest one, Amon Ross St. Brown, who really has showed up and showed out. He was someone that we weren't really sure about for a little while, but he has been absolutely amazing. Miles Sanders has been a little bit surprising, and he has Leonard Fournette. He has been a sleeper team for a really long time now, and I think that he is his time to shine is now. Uh, get ready for him. He did awesome. Uh, now, also, uh, for the poopiest team of the week. The poopiest team of the week goes out to UConn. We have not seen UConn being the, the biggest pooper of the week, but it happened. UConn only scored a measly 94 points. Uh, he had Najee Harris, who was okay. Cordero Patterson only scored four points on limited touches. Justin Jefferson finally came back down to earth. He's going to have games like this He's going to have games like this all throughout the season, and it happens, but Darius Slay really shut him down, and Kirk Cousins looked horrible on primetime. Dalton Schultz went out with an injury. Chase Edmonds really hasn't been playing up to his potential. His game was saved. Daryl Henderson's game was saved by a touchdown, but he didn't look great. Um, and then if you really look at his bench right now, I don't know. It's not looking too hot for him. You wonder, is this a cause of a Super Bowl hangover? Um I don't know. It could be. It, it it could be a Super Bowl hangover situation. Remember last year, UConn won the championship. His team came out high and mighty and flying. But then we had the uh, Adderall uh, accusations that popped up. Yep, yep, yep. Those Adderall accusations, the ones that came out that said every single player was taking Adderall uh, and even the coach himself was taking Adderall. He claimed it was for ADHD, that that's what he was struggling with, but it turned out that that was not the case, and many wondered, did that end up uh, allowing him to rise to supremacy? I don't know. Made his eyes a little dilated. He was able to study for tests better. He did a great job on his bio exam, and a lot of people wondered, did that lead him to success? We will see. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying that's the reason why. But you just wonder. Sometimes uh, those things can end up causing Super Bowl hangovers, and you wonder if the locker room is going to start growing a little fussy when things get a little crazy if they keep losing. I don't expect him to keep losing, but – Hint, hint, the media, not me, but the media actually has them number nine in their weekly rankings, which is really, really sad to see. All right, some players of the week. Uh, Rob Cut started Lamar Jackson, who looks absolutely amazing against Miami. He scored 42 points this, this last week. He looks insane. He's playing for that new contract. He's running the ball. He's throwing the ball. I don't really have to explain it a lot. He's doing really, really well. At running back, we had Nick Chubb. He scored 32 points against the Jets' uh, defense. That game was crazy just with the fact that the Jets ended up coming back and actually winning it. But he did awesome. It's funny because if he would have not scored on that last play, that last touchdown that he had, I think that the Jets – or sorry, the Browns actually ended up winning that game. Um, you'd, you'd have to go back and watch it. Sofa 89 had Diggs, uh, Stephon Diggs starting in uh, their wide receiver position, and they scored 44 points. He's just insane. He's awesome, and it's just how it's going to be. Uh, one of the only trustworthy tight ends, Mark Andrews, was started by A. Varner. He scored 25 points in that barn burner against uh, the Ravens, or I'm sorry, against Miami, and he scored 25 points. A few bench warmers of the week, a very surprising bench warmer at QB, and I think this happened last week too, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz scored 28 points. 
Against Detroit, he has a matchup this week that I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, he plays the Eagles in a revenge game um, with that weird beard. You can try to trust him. I don't know. Um, He kind of scares me, but go for it. At running back, Tony Pollard was not started by Swift Gibson, and that seems like a running back room that actually is starting to edge out more towards Tony Pollard than it is Zeke Elliott. That's going to be something to watch and something to see, and maybe Swift Gibson will start him, but the rumor is anytime that Swift Gibson starts him, he ends up pooping the bed, so who knows if that will work out well. Wide receiver bench warmer of the week, Am McPherson or Captain Jameis did not start Garrett Wilson, and that was his coming out party. Man, oh man, did he do absolutely amazing. He scored 30 points against Cleveland. You wonder if he's here, if he's the real deal. Well, I'll tell you what, he's here and he's the real deal. He looked absolutely awesome. At tight end, UConn did not start. Um, I'm looking at his face, but I can't remember his name. Irv Smith. He didn't start Irv Smith and scored almost 15 points against Philadelphia. It looks like he's finally getting the utilization that we wanted. He has the athletic profile that we think is good. He was injured last year, and it seems like Kirk Cousins is looking for him. Um, Take that for what you will. I think that he ends up being a good replacement for Dalton Schultz if he continues to be out. A few league awards for this week. Uh, we have House of Cards as the most efficient manager. Their max points that they could have scored all throughout their bench and throughout their starting lineup was 130 points, and they put in 129 points. The least efficient manager was UConn. Again, this is the reason why he was the poopiest team, but he uh, could have scored 135 points. He only scored 94. The highest points in the loss was... Uh, uh, House of Cards against Dr. Cornwallis. Dr. Cornwallis was just simply better that week. He scored 160 points. The lowest points in a win. Uh, I don't know. Oh, this is weird. Okay. I don't know. It. There wasn't. Oh, there wasn't anybody with the lowest points in a win. There was uh, just says really good team did well and played their hearts out. So. I don't know. I don't know what that's about. Uh, the biggest blowout was a Varner against Rob Cut uh, battle of the poop bowl right there. Um, love you guys. I love you. I love you. Don't think I don't. I don't. I love you. Please continue to listen to the podcast. Uh, but that was 136 points to Rob's 94 points. Uh, the narrowest victory, and this was a. This one came down to Monday Night Football. It was absolutely crazy. Everyone was wondering what's going to happen, and guess what? Los Boyos Hermanos pulled it out against the Simps and did absolutely amazing. Uh, not a big surprise, but the overachiever of the week was A. Varner. He outscored himself from what we thought in starting projection at 20 points. And then UConn was the biggest underachiever as he was projected 138 points. He only scored 94. So Kana, Kana, Kana kind of came back down to earth. That was your American Eagle Pocket Tee Weekly Report. Just never forget that the weekly report is brought to you by American Eagle Pocket Tees. I'm actually wearing one right now. Uh, If you could see me, it is a maroon uh, tall tee. And it's perfect for me. Uh, This one is a little bit, they make it look like it's a little bit worn and weathered. Like I'm a worn and weathered man. Has a little bit of cuts in the collar and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, wow, that guy goes through the thickets. Well, I do. And I like to wear this shirt, um, and it's great. And so, uh, yeah, pick up your pocket tee today. All right, uh, here are my weekly rankings for the week, and I have a shakeup at the top that will make the media squirrel. At number one, I have Captain 
Jameis. Bum, 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 bum. Captain Jameis at number one. This is a guy that last year I pounded the table for. I think that this guy is extremely underrated. I am, sta st I am standing in my office right now screaming the name of Captain Jameis. He's an absolutely amazing team. He has a great players. His running back room could use a little bit of help, but that doesn't matter. His wide receivers are awesome. This is the year. Captain Jameis, my Super Bowl pick since the preseason long ago. Forget this if he isn't it. He is it. Uh, second, I have ND Star Sky. He could be number one. It's what the media keeps saying. He has Josh Allen. He has a lot of other great players like Jonathan Taylor. But I have him at number two. He's still 2-0. and oh. The top three are all 2-0. and oh, And so that's why at third, I have Los Poyos Hermanos. Despite Zeke Elliott consistently pooping the bed and not doing well, Los Poyos Hermanos comes in at number three. At number four, then this is where the shakeup really begins. I have Dr. Cornwallis. Dr. Cornwallis is on the up and up. I think that his team all around is just very weak well and balanced i think that's going to continue to carry them into the mid-season mark and then beyond and i think that we're he's going to be happy with the team that he has at six i have the simps now people continue to sleep on the simps okay people continue to say oh they're not doing so well oh they seem to be struggling george kittle's coming back Christian McCaffrey is going to be getting more utilization. A.J. Dillon, I think, is going to be getting more utilization. Joe Burrow has been struggling because of his offensive line. If they can turn it around, they have a great matchup this week against the Jets. This is the week that he begins to turn it around. He has been my sleeper pick for a long time. Don't sleep on him. At 7, I have Sofa89. Sofa89 has always had a great roster. Mike Evans, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, um, other people. There's others. They're always great. They're just kind of pooping the bed right now. I could see this being a rocky start to the beginning of the season and then turning around midway through. Now, I have heard that uh, Sofa89 was making and baking his special cookies for the team. That was something that he cut off this season. He was doing that, and he was bringing them in. He was serving them up every single Victory Monday. Then he got rid of that. I heard that that shook Mike Evans so much that he went out and he punched Marshawn Lattimore when Marshawn Lattimore said, Hey, buddy, your coach don't make you special cookies no more. And he said, I like the oatmeal with the peanut butter and the chocolate chips in them. How dare you? And then he punched Marshawn Lattimore in the face. So all of this has all riled him up to the point where now he's suspended for one game. We know that Alvin Kamara, he has ribs hurt. Does he actually have ribs hurt? Or is that his tummy grumbling for the cookies? I don't know. Dalvin Cook, he's wondering, am I going to get these cookies cooked? They're going to play up to the competition. They're going to be able to do well. Get them together. Coach, maybe bake them some cookies. Okay, just don't overbake them. What you want to do is not too much flour. Don't bake them for too long. That's the key. I do mine for 30, 325, nine minutes. That's it. A cup and a third of flour. Okay. Some will tell you two cups of flour. Don't listen. Okay. They're going to be dry. They're going to be stale. They're going to be crumbly. You're going to hate them. You're going to wonder why you're eating them. You want them moist? You want them crystallized? Do what I said. Bake them the cookies. Get back on track. At number eight, I have Swift Gibson. Young team. Needs to get it together. Fights in the locker room. Darnell Mooney, where are you? 
0.9 points? One catch for like negative four yards. Justin Fields throws 11 passes. Chase Claypool, live up to your, live up to what you've been dreamed to be. Swift was great. Gibson was great. He has a young team. They just need to bring it together. House of Cards I have at number nine. Tyreek Hill's really carrying him. James Conner is going to end up continuing to kind of bolster him. If Derrick Henry can get it together, this is going to be a great team. He just needs to get it together. That Titans offensive line doesn't look great. Ryan Tannehill looks horrible. It looks like they really need A.J. Brown. They're going to need to pull it all together. At number 10, I have Supercam. Again, Supercam has a great team. Mixon, Chubb. Austin Eckler, these guys are struggling. I mean, Chubb did great last week, but these guys are all struggling. Tom Brady struggled last week. It's all needing to kind of come together for him. He has a good team, but he also is kind of in the same boat as uh, as Sofa89. He's going to get there. It's just going to take some time. He's, he's struggling in the front end, but he's going to do better in the back end. And then at 11, I have A. Varner. I don't really need to explain this any further. His best player, his best running back is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. DK Metcalf is going to need Bryce Young next year, but he's not doing too well with Gino this year, and that's just how it is. At 12, I have Tank for Ritter. He has three first-round picks, and I think three second-round picks for next year. Tank, 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 tank. Get that first overall pick. Do what you need to do, okay? Do what you need to do. Sell Julio. Sell all these guys, these old people, and just get rid of them. You want it. You need it. You got it. And I should add one last thing about A. Varner. I don't know what's going on over in that locker room, but the coach, yeah, so this is the big drop. You guys saw this in our chat. Coach tweeting out, twisted tees are so good. Twisted tees on game day? Really? Are we an alcoholic? Those things got like 4% alcohol. He, that guy's like constantly drinking apparently. Get your head in the game. Stop being an alcoholic. Step up to the challenge. What you need to do. You got to be freaking kidding me. This is why your guys are turning on you. This is why they hate you. But we love you. I love you. I want what's best for you. And right now... I have the talking pillow. And I just want to talk to you right now, A. Varner. You have so much potential in life. You can go do whatever you want to do. You can be whoever you want to be. You can set your goals and your aspirations high. You can win Super Bowls and championships. You can do amazing things. But when we're drinking Twisted Teas on a Sunday, early in the morning, on game day, is that what we need? Is that what we're doing? You're betting this, bud. Come on. Let's go grab an ice cream. Let's let's get out of here. Let's grab let's grab a matinee. Let's hang out. Turn this team around. All right. Um I'm gonna look at the matchups of the week before we head on out. 
pulling up the matchups of the week. So a lot of very great matchups, a lot of really close ones, guys trying not to be 0-3, guys fighting for 2-1, guys fighting for 1-2, guys fighting for 2-1. Um, we have a few. The first one at the top, both 1-1 is Swift Gibson and the Simps. That could be a really cool and interesting matchup. Uh, the Swift Gibson's very afraid of that one. Um, we also have Los Pollos Hermanos and Supercam. Supercam fighting not to be 0-3. Los Pollos Hermanos trying to keep a streak of 0-2-0. But my matchup of the week is Dr. Cornwallis against Sofa89. Dr. Cornwallis looking to continue the streak of dominance. I think that this is going to be a close one. It's almost a 50-50 split. It's going to be a great game. Believe it. Mark it. America's game of the week right here, the sofa versus the corn. Thank you for listening, everyone. This is going to be an awesome week. Go get them, boys. I believe in you. I believe in the game of football, and I believe in America. Have an awesome week. Uh, Do good. Bye-bye.